What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Coffee Shop Football. I'm your host, Zach, here with my co-host, Kevin, coming in for the day. How's it going, Kevin? What's going on, Zach? Uh, it's going wonderfully. Any day we get to talk about football is a great day. Just happy Any to be day. here. Absolutely. Playoffs, wild card. Doesn't get better than this, man. No, we're talking playoffs this week. Finally here. It felt like a long season that went by too fast at the same time. It's always the longest and the shortest time is football season. You you blink your eyes and you miss it, but also it's it's a it's also a, a long process. So we're here, we're alive, we're caffeinated, we're ready to go. And not to mention the first week I don't have to worry about setting my lineup or who to start or any of that stress. We're just we're just enjoy- this is now just an enjoying football podcast. Absolutely, with the exception of DFS and um, over unders and all and that dynasty, fun stuff, and, and dynasty. trading. And, and tra- so we're definitely still a fantasy yeah. football podcast. Taking taking what you just said back immediately, we yes, are still stressed yeah. about all that stuff. I don't know who I was trying to lie to. I'm a fantasy yeah. football all year round. So absolutely. <laughs> well, before we dive into some juicy playoffs to the heart of the podcast. Do you want to tell me what you're sipping on this morning? Oh, absolutely, my friend. It is a cold brew from Starbucks with peppermint mocha foam. Unbelievable if you haven't tried it. It's ridiculous. Sweet cream foam on there? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's you already the, know. That's the stuff. That's crack right there. That's the ticket. It is actually, unfortunately, crack. Beautiful. Um, I am uh, not on this fancy, and I have some Vietnamese instant coffee that okay. I brewed up. Okay. Uh, third third cup of the day already i had a pour over this morning but um i'm a little worried for myself hearing that (laughs) i had to juice it up for the podcast which if you haven't had vietnamese coffee before it is incredibly strong so yeah prayers up for you prayers up for me having to deal with you uh i'm I'm a little nervous of those hot caffeinated takes today we're bringing we're bringing the takes in today for sure it's, it's coming in hot well let's Let's dive in since we got what we're drinking. Let's get our first sip underway. It's going to be a little bit of a longer one this episode uh, because it's just going to take some more time. And you know what? That's fine. Uh, We're first sip today. We're going to start off. I want to give our fantasy MVPs from each position. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm stoked for this too. This is one of the original questions submitted by Felix. Um, He had worded it a little bit differently, but... We figured we'd save it for the playoffs because we didn't want to speak too soon. We wanted to have all the context, and um, I'm very excited. I will say Zach got his picks in to the dock before I did, and we didn't want to have any repeats. Yep. So you can look at this as a 1A, 1B type situation. I'll probably lobby for a couple of my people over yours because, you know. Yeah, as we both will. There's a couple There's a couple names. We, For the most part, we were almost entirely in consensus, but we'll definitely, definitely uh, rip these up rip these open and have these conversations all the way through. And I, I do think looking at your MVPs, I'm I'm in agreement with them as well. I, I was definitely like, you know, cutting close on some ties where it's like I chose some players over others for like certain reasons. But like I could go either way on your picks as well. Absolutely. And, and like I said, same. There was a couple that you picked that I was hoping to get for mine. But also that being said, there's a couple of, very minor disagreements that we have. So those will be some fun conversations. Um, I'd also like to say in future weeks, if there's any other segments like Fantasy MVP that you guys would like us to do, please just submit, text us, tweet us, whatever, because we would love to continue these kinds of fun ranking type conversations. I definitely want to talk about sleepers of the year, values of the year, Mm -hmm. busts of the year. That will be something fun for us to talk about in the coming weeks. But I'm very excited to start off with Fantasy MVP right now. Definitely, yeah. We're easily reachable on Twitter. Text if you know us. Don't text Definitely. if you don't. <laughs> Please. If you, um, but yeah, I say we uh I say we hop into this. Since I got mine in the show doc first, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and go first so we can get it out of the way here. Um so for me going through fantasy MVP, I take a couple things into account. Uh I take obviously fantasy scoring. You have to score well to be a fantasy MVP. Um but but to me the two other factors I take into account are beginning of the season ADP. If you are drafted as the running back one and you finish as the running back one, two, three, four, that's great. But if you didn't dominate the position, it's not as much of a value to me, I think. Um, And then I also, I think a really important thing is I take into account playoff run. I take into account week 15, 16, 17, 
if you are dominant all season and then disappear the last three weeks, that unfortunately, I mean, great for the NFL, you're still dominant. But if we're talking fantasy football MVP, that matters to me. So those are the three things that I took into account going through it. I completely agree. Yeah, I, very similar for me. Um, as most fantasy players probably would in our shoes, I'm, I always like to call myself a man of the people. Um, mm. So I like to kind of think about what worked for me. Who, who were the ones that, that put me over the top in these? And uh, that's kind of like my, that's my 1A logic. Like, obviously, it's, it's, a, it's a general, it's a broad question. But right. I also like to think about, like, where did I feel the impact the most? So that's something that I think is it's a good way we balance each other out a little bit. So I'll start off with my quarterback here. And we can actually just go position by position. So we'll go Love quarterback. It. Yeah. Uh, so for me going into this, I had a couple contenders. Um, you have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, Jalen Hurts, and actually um, Justin Fields was on this list for me as well for someone that I considered for a fantasy MVP. And I ended up landing on Patrick Mahomes, which I think is a little bit of a gimme, but he was just so dominant this year. Um, finished as the quarterback one drafted most places as the quarterback too so you're not getting a sane draft capital value but if you're getting him around later than josh allen you're getting just consecutive quarterback one weeks he finished outside the qb12 one time all season and that was week 18 so like you had a quarterback one every single week multiple week winning finishes as the qb1 the qb2 he was just so valuable to a team if you drafted him that i I really couldn't pass it up. I think number two for me probably would have been Jalen Hurts because he also was so dominant. But losing him for that week 15, 16, 17 stretch, I know for a fact it killed managers out there. Otherwise, I think he would have been my pick and a lot of people's picks too. But just those injuries, like it's unfortunate because nothing he can do about it. It's not like he played bad, but he just, you lose out on the MVP for me for that one. Definitely. Yeah. And um, I agree with your take on Hurts. Um, definitely was up there. He would be probably my third, um, and then Mahomes would probably be my first. Um, my fantasy MVP at quarterback is going to be Josh Allen um, because he was outstanding, dominant, the person that you always expect him to be, uh, picking up those rushing yards, picking up those rushing touchdowns, setting those records that he's always seemingly setting. Just his pace of – touchdowns and yards and and just overall effectiveness is just basically unprecedented at the quarterback position he's emerging into one of the best dual threat quarterbacks that we've ever seen um and there's just no signs of slowing down and i think everybody keeps waiting for that uh regression maybe on maybe one side of his um, statistics and people are looking for it you know unfortunately there's a lot of people looking for that regression it's just not there he's just mm -hmm. unbelievable and and I love the pick of Mahomes. I probably would have chosen Patrick Mahomes as well, given the consistency factor. And also, for whatever it's worth, what he did it with, the supporting cast he did it with, everybody was questioning him at the start of the season. And he just showed why he's Patrick Mahomes. He just showed why the, the normal rules don't apply to him. You know, he's, he's going to be the MVP, I think, and deservedly so. Uh, I definitely think, again, that's the same sort of uh, – it's a 1A, 1B situation for fantasy quarterback MVP – uh, and NFL MVP, I think Mahomes just edges out Josh in just consistency. And also, um, I don't think you can fairly punish Josh for losing a, a game of the playoffs. You know, a lot of people probably felt the weight of that. Um, so, you know, but but we were going through it before, and Josh was outside of the top 12 three times, where Patrick Mahomes was out of the top 12 only once, and you had to draft Josh a little earlier. Some of the highs for Josh, I'll say, might have been a little higher, but Patrick Mahomes consistency wise wins out value wise wins out i'm very happy with that as our 1a 1b pick yeah i'm with it i think uh and patrick Mahomes, right is easily the head heavy favorite for mvp um yeah. and i think he pretty much has to lock what he did with kc i think a lot of people doubted the offensive capabilities yeah. without tyreek and it, they just proved that they can do it like it's a great offensive scheme they can kind of succeed with whoever's back there mahomes is incredibly talented so nothing groundbreaking here yeah i, I like i like that pick let's move on to running back um i i think normally i have a little bit of toughness picking a running back mvp uh this year is pretty clear cut for me uh, i think josh jacobs is the clear running back mvp he finished as 
I don't think he ended up finishing as the RB1 overall. I will fact check myself as I'm speaking. Um, yeah, I was under finished, the impression he was up there. He, he, it depends on your scoring standard. He was the number one PBR number three. So you're somewhere in between there. Uh, given the fact that he was pretty much thrown to the wolves by everybody preseason, there was all the question about, is there going to be a running back by committee? Are they even going to start him? You know, because they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So he went in the fourth round of a lot of drafts and then just dominated the league. He had an incredible number of touchdowns. He basically didn't take a week off, barely finishing outside of the top 20 more than four or five times, which for a running back, that's fantastic. He had boom games. He had consistency. And then with that draft value, again, finishing as a top three running back in the fourth round compared to, you know, Eckler was in the first, CMC was in the first. I mean, Derrick Henry was in the first. So if you were able to secure a wide receiver the first two rounds, go quarterback, and then Jacobs in the fourth round, like you probably won your your fantasy season. Yeah, it was a, a great year to be a Josh Jacobs owner. Um, very, very excited for his future. Um, not sure where mm. it's going to be. I definitely could see a world where he returns to Vegas. I feel like that's more likely than not. But I disagree with you there. I think unless they bring in someone like a Rodgers or a Brady this offseason, I think he's out. And I'm not sure he'll wait around to find out because I think he's pretty unhappy being there. I think he's, if I was him, not picking up my fifth-year contract, ooh, yeah. and then having after having so many great seasons, and then again, your just team is bottom of the barrel in the league. You're not winning. I, I don't know, man. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't just take the money elsewhere. It will be very interesting to see. I think uh, him and Devontae both, I think it will be very fun to track. Uh, knowing that Derek Carr's on his way out of town, which mm-hmm. I think is unbelievable. I think that's going to be something very exciting to talk about this offseason. Um, I'll For just sure. go out on a limb early and just say I'm a Carr fan. I think he's going to go somewhere and be do some great things. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what he accomplishes. As far as Jacobs, yeah, I think he's a fantastic running back. I think this year was – he was an unbelievable value. You're right. The boom games were crazy. So I remember some of those games seeing his numbers. I, I didn't have many shares this year. Unfortunately, I wasn't lucky enough to be one of those uh, people who had that winning lotto number. But it was awesome to watch for sure. I think most of those people were those people begrudgingly. I don't think there was a lot of people that were like, I'm so excited. They were like, well, I need a running back. He's here. Why, why not? Yeah, and he ended up being the difference maker for a lot of people who made it really far. Um, my running back fantasy MVP is a, a little bit more of one a name that you might have expected prior to the season. I'm going with Austin Eckler. Um, he had a very, very short stretch in the first couple of games of the season where he wasn't absolutely dominant, but he was still fine. He was still putting up some average numbers in those games. You know, he wasn't killing your team those weeks, but from weeks like four to the end of the season he was just an animal just making unbelievable touchdown catches you know putting up crazy numbers highlight reel type stuff in ppr if you had austin eckler you felt his impact every single week because he was a lock it felt like for four to eight catches a game which was just crazy he was at times the the most consistent weapon for the chargers on offense given their injury woes and some, you know, a little bit of some questionable play from Justin Herbert at times this year, or at least statistically, he was fine for the most part in real football, but fantasy football, you didn't always get those big games from Herbert, but Eckler never seemed to suffer at all from that. Eckler seemed to be like, basically I would say one of the most consistent players in the league this year, for sure. Yeah, he was my I, – I don't even like saying those are 1A, 1B because I feel like they're both 1A. Yeah. Because well, – but part of the big thing for me too is like Eckler was dominant in the playoffs. He yeah. ripped off three straight monster games yeah. to win you a title. And then it's not like he was disappointing you earlier too. So I love the pick. I think those two are pretty clear cut. Uh, CMC was great. Um, yeah, he's tough because he missed time. That's It's just tough to give guys those – Yeah. Awards. I just think he was edged out by the other two just a tiny bit for me. I still think he has a good shot of going one-on-one next year as well in San Francisco, yeah. but just in terms of MVP, I'm fine leaving him out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think those those two, I think so far we're four for four on, on just smokers for MVP so far. Well, let's get into my favorite position, which is the wide receiver position. Oh, yeah. Very excited. Uh, I think this one was a little closer of a race as well. And uh, I thought you were going to be surprised in my pick. Turns out you wanted to take my pick. I love, so I love your pick. I, uh, I love it. I'll start off with it. Um, 
I think wide receiver MVP, which this one was a little torn for me, but I think is Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, again, this one for me, huge draft ADP picked in the sixth, seventh round, some leagues. I mean, in yep. some more competitive, maybe you see him in round five, but that's that's down for someone that finishes as wide receiver seven overall on the season. He rarely disappointed you. He was kind of the pillar of consistency, never finishing outside of the top 32 receivers, except for two games that he was injured. Um, and then, yeah, he didn't have the most dominant stretch in the playoffs. I'll give you that. I, not a lot of the top wide receivers did this year. So that was kind of a hard one to pick between. But 11, 11, 8, it's not killing you. And then having him for that stretch run during the season, I think was worthy of the consideration. And I just think he's a great receiver. I think he deserves to be looked at as a top 12 receiver. Yeah. I think he's going to be that again next year, rather regardless of Jamison Williams. And I'm comfortable starting him. I think if you drafted him on raw, you're now a lifelong fan. <laughs> I agree with that completely. I love the pick uh, him and Goff. They got some chemistry, man. They really do. That's, that's something absolutely. That's something fun to watch. He, he's kind of one of those players that, I remember watching a couple of Lions games this year where it was just like, how is he that open? Like he must have some crazy moves. He must have some crazy like release and some crazy like routes. I'm definitely excited to see what uh, reception perception has to say about his season. I'm going to be paying close attention to, uh, to that. We've already done quite a bit of tracking for him and he's, and he's a good man runner. He's getting better, but he's an excellent zone against zone coverage, which is what we see mainly in the NFL. Yeah. It's, it's the combination of that, and then they pretty much use the same scheme the Rams use for Cooper Cup. So he's mm. kind of in that same role, and that that combined with someone that knows zone coverage so well is just it's going to leave you five to ten yards open. In it's insane defenses. how open he gets. Like I I love watching Lions games for that reason, and it it's almost like can he keep doing it? Like can he keep somehow being like that open? But um, now I love the pick. It's great value. Uh, sixth round to wide receiver seven. There's really nothing that, that you can say about, about Amon Ra that hasn't already been said. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a two pack here. Cause it's, it's pretty tough for me to score mine. Uh, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty easy to say that both of these guys deserve to be the fantasy MVP. All three of them do. Uh, but I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs uh, and Justin Jefferson. Um, I couldn't pick between the two because, again, Diggs didn't have the best week 15. He didn't play a game week 16. And I want to say, was he was he was relatively quiet in week 17 as well? Um, I, I think that's actually, I think he played a game in week 16, but not 17, because that would have been the Bengals game. You're right. That's what I meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. So, yeah. So he actually went eight, three and three. Well, technically count Cincinnati out. Uh, New England, he had a great game, 104 yards and a touchdown. Right, so, right. It's just tough to call. It's just tough to call Week 18 games. It's just tough to include them. But so, but you take everything else prior to that that minor slump that he had at the end of the season, and Steph was just again the pinnacle of consistency, just unbelievable, putting up massive games, especially in PPR. Um, historic season for a Bills wide receiver. I couldn't leave him off this list in good in good faith. And then same with Justin Jefferson. I mean coming within an eyelash of the receiving yards record um, and just being who he is as just a dominant force. And again, a little bit of an unfortunate stretch in the fantasy playoffs, kind of like that's kind of why I I have them both because they both tough. Yeah. Getting locked down in the championship like that. That's a bad break. It's a really difficult, it's really difficult for me to pick one or the other. If one of them had that playoff stretch to separate, I would have picked them. Um, shout out, <laughs> shout out to Mike Evans here, <laughs> even though yeah. he had an awful season, he's my fantasy MVP overall of, over all these players because he had 53 points in the fantasy championship, which, oh, there's just nothing like Beautiful. it. I almost, I, 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 go ahead. I, I posted something like that where I was like, oh, you know, like we, Mike Evans won some people their championships and everybody was like who in the championship had Mike Evans. I was like, somehow a lot of people, somehow yeah. a bunch of people still had him even after a bad beats season. Me. They made it there. Yeah. Beats me because he was atrocious this year. He was, he was, I was surviving Mike Evans until the last week of the season. And if I had even a remotely better option, you know, you remember me and you were texting that, that week. Cause I was like, do I throw in Alan Lazard? Like, do I throw in Hollywood Brown? And we agreed process 
said Mike Evans somehow, some way, and and I'm I'm richer because of it. But yes, sir. So, but Steph and JJ, not to get off track, Steph and JJ are, are my two pack of fantasy MVP wide receivers. Um, I like to it. Go along I think those are good calls as well. Uh, let's round it out with the tight end position, which is always a fickle position. Uh, I had the most trouble between this one, and I think I went a little against the grain because Kelsey was the dominant tight end one. There was no one within like, I don't know, like 50 points of Kelsey in season stats this year. So, like, it's hard to be like, okay, well, pick someone else. But I actually am going to take George Kittle as my tight end MVP this year. Love it. Um, I think he's not seen that way, uh, the way people talk about him. You know, like, if he had a down year, yes, he finished as the tight end two or three. But you picked him in the fourth round, which is about a three-round discount from where you got Kelsey. And he was meh for some stretches, some single-digit games, especially like 12, 13, 14, some single-digit games. But I think what did it for me is 15, 16, 17, racked off 23 points, 27 points, and 10 points in your championship, which is plenty for a tight end. Yeah, Um, Kelsey had kind of a mild championship stretch. If you had Kittle versus Kelsey in those playoff games, you, you came out on top. And I think just with the consistency he showed, the boom games in the playoff, and I think that's the value of like, he was a little slept down in the fourth round, finished as the tight end three, didn't have a lot of health issues. I'm taking, I'm locking him in. I think he was undervalued. I absolutely love it, man. And once again, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir because I had Kittle in the league that I won the championship in. Um, and I wouldn't have made it through in my semifinals, uh, that game that he had with, with Purdy when he had, yeah. I want to say, what'd you say? 30, almost 30 points. I oh, felt yeah. every single one of those points. I needed every single one of those points to survive some of the stuff. I had a, I had a, a, he really, really was instrumental in helping me win my fantasy championship. So I love the call. Um, and, you know, again, the lowest hanging fruit of all time. I love your George Kittle pick. I would have had to heavily consider it had he been there, but I have to pick Travis Kelsey. I mean, right. he is just, he's like entering unforeseen. Like he's entering Gronk levels of he, tight no, end. He dominance. is unforeseen. I don't think anybody's have as many tight end one seasons as Kelsey's had. I've been saying that he might be the goat tight end, and you know, I've I've I'm constantly met with pushback, but I just think if he keeps showing up and he keeps doing what he does, I think that, that he's in the conversation. I, I don't think you can have that conversation right now without him. Uh, I mean, yeah, Gronk's had had some great stuff, but Kelsey's almost as old as Gronk, and he's still doing it. And he's going to continue to do it. I know Kelsey started a bit later, but it, it's yeah. going to be fascinating to watch. I'm super jazzed to be a fan of football and watch Travis Kelsey do what Travis Kelsey does um, year in and year out. Um, it's incredible. It's 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 a beautiful thing. Um, the touchdown regression did happen this year after the middle yeah. to end a part of bit. the season. We we had I remember uh, we had been talking about. I told you free money was the, the Travis Kelsey touchdown line. And then right. I think maybe it was like four or five weeks or maybe even six or seven in a row without a touchdown. And uh, it happens, you know, it does. It's, it was, it was, he was due. I mean, he had 11 touchdowns after like 10 games or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. No, he but, was, it's insane. He's the tight end one should be the tight end one next year. Like I don't think age hits when it does great, but I'm not, I'm done betting on that. I'm done waiting for the regression with Kelsey. He's just the best. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So so to wrap it up, uh, Zach's fantasy MVP is at each position. Do you want to go ahead and read those off, Zach? Yeah, I'm going to take Mahomes, Josh Jacobs with the running back, Amon Ra for the wide receiver, and George Kittle at tight end. And I got Josh Allen at quarterback, Austin Eckler at running back, Steph and Jay Jeff Tupac at wide receiver, and Travis Kelsey at tight end. You know it. what I love about my is little self glow my about my fantasy MVPs stack is that you could have drafted this team. You could have yeah. Mahomes, Jacobs, Amon Ra, and George Kittle, and that's terrifying. Yeah, can't say the same for mine. No, mine that, were all, all right. top great two players for top first two rounds. But yeah, absolutely. I I uh, I am blown away at how awesome fantasy fantasy football was this year. Like it was just another great year for fantasy. Uh, I love that there's evolving conversations about running backs, wide receivers, and even quarterbacks. I absolutely love that the game is still changing before our eyes and that we don't know everything we think we know. It's always fun to see where we went wrong, where things can change, where things can evolve. Another fantastic year for fantasy football. 
absolutely. All right, so it's playoff week. It's time Woo! we're gonna we're gonna skip by our usual weekly special segment, and we're gonna give you a full breakdown of our playoff preview of each individual matchup for the wild card weekend. So starting off, let's dive right in here. We got the Seahawks versus the 49ers coming in with a nine and a half point spread. So the 49ers are nine and a half point favorites on over under 42 points. I don't know about you, but I do think this one's going to be a pretty, pretty set in stone game. Uh, I think the 49ers can handle the Seahawks. The only way I don't think they do that is if I, if we, if Brock Purdy looks like a rookie, which he could, you know, like you yeah. could get the playoff game to him. The Seahawks are a well-coached team. Mm-hmm. If, if Brock Purdy starts to look like a rookie, play like a rookie, make some dumb mistakes, they may be able to claw their way back in, but I think they can handle it. Yeah. I'm actually super jazzed that you're taking that stance. Um, it's not that I don't agree because I'm almost entirely in agreement that San Francisco has what it takes to handle the Seahawks team, like, like handle. Um, I also think that there's something to be said about the fact that these teams met a handful of weeks ago. It was one of Brock Purdy's first starts mm-hmm. and Brock Purdy in division un- as well. Yeah. Brock Purdy looked unbelievable. Um, I think that there's going to be some interesting wrinkles that Seattle's going to throw at San Francisco to make this a more competitive ball game. Um, mm-hmm. San Francisco has a great defense, but they kind of looked a bit sus against Jarrett Stidham and the Raiders just a handful of weeks ago. And, you know, Brock Purdy is a rookie. He's the last pick of the draft and, and nobody wants to see him succeed more than me. I've developed into a massive Brock Purdy fan, but I think this is where these, the experience comes in as a positive and i don't i i mean the seahawks aren't much more experienced but i think they have the edge over san francisco in that factor so i think that that mitigates the nine and a half point difference um if i were to throw money down i would probably pick seattle to cover um but i definitely definitely foresee this being a game that san francisco wins i think key things i'm looking for in this game i want to see I want to see the 49ers open it up a little bit on offense. I think we've been seeing some of that creativity, especially against the Seahawks. We saw some trick plays, stuff like that. Um, I want, I think, keep Ayuk involved, maybe integrate Debo in a little bit more coming back from injury. But I don't think they need to, I don't think they need to blow open the offense for this game. Uh, If Seattle's going to win this game, I think they need to somehow figure out how to beat this 49ers rush defense. Um, because yeah. I don't think Gino can take over the game and win by that. So lean on K9, get some get some running action in there. I know Carroll can coach a playoff team. So they they have some hopes going on there. But I just think I think the 49ers are so well equipped to beat the Seahawks. What they do well is like their rush defense is phenomenal. And then they can create pressure on the passer, which doesn't Gino with time in the pocket can make those deep balls. He can make those accurate throws. But if you get him wrestled and you can stop the run, that's like the two things you have to do against the Seahawks. And it's the two things the 49ers do so well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I definitely see that those variables becoming a big issue for Seattle. Um, and that's going to be what's exciting to watch because it is wildcard weekend. It is time for these, these teams that have these things to prove for them to prove it. And if you're going to, tighten up your your uh your bootstraps and do it at any point in time this is it this is the time, time to do, do it, it. so i'm i'm eager to watch it i think you, you you laid it out really nicely i think there's yeah the the disparity in how they can stop the run how they can maybe get the run going those issues could definitely pretty much the entire ground attack offense and defense could be what does seattle in um but they scrapped and clawed they, they were a scrappy team all year and they're facing a rookie quarterback so there's just enough of a glimmer of hope that I don't think Seattle fans should pack it up. I definitely think there's a game to be played here. Um, but you know, I, yeah, if I, I mean, I think smart money's on San Francisco, but it's also on Seattle to cover because nine and a half is a big spread against a yep. rookie quarterback. I'm, I'm not upset. The Seahawks are in the playoffs. I'm very happy for them. I think they have drastically overperformed expectations this year. I agree. But God, part of me wishes that we would have seen the Lions in the playoffs instead. I really, really wish we could have get, got to see the Lions, the Lions in the playoffs. Oh yeah, I it's think not it just, just would have made for such a great, great playoff football. 
it's not just part of me. It's all of me. Yeah. <laughs> With respect to um, the man who never wrote back. Uh, yeah, no disrespect to the 12 either. Like, you well gotta deserved respect, yeah, 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 you got to respect what they did and, and what they accomplished given what they were expected to accomplish. But Detroit was just – they were the NFC's America's team. They were the NFC's champion. Mm-hmm. And uh, they – they by, a, by a, 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 some divine miracle and, and the Rams choking against the Seahawks in, in the last game of the season, that was – and. It Give me so close. No grounds in my cup on my on my bold take that the Lions would take care of business regardless of playoff. Regardless, yeah, and that was that was a close game too. And the Lions really they had some. I'm not one to blame calls or ref, but they had some tough calls called against yeah. them. I think that Amon Ra catch was a catch yeah. easily, and they they did not care. They did not let it get to them. No. They came out and they tried to win that game with everything they had in them. They are a, they are a constant reminder of process a constant reminder of culture and they will be back they will be right there when it when it comes down to the final teams next year they will be right there and i think next year's the year you heard it here first but probably not really but the lions are going to the playoffs next year for sure i love it yep all right let's move on to the next matchup we have the chargers versus the jaguars oh la jacksonville game of the Um, week close spread is tied for the closest spread with two and a half points and then the over under is a hefty 47.5 which is the second highest over under the playoffs so the jaguars are two and a half point underdogs la is favorited um i think this is going to be a fantastic i'm really looking forward to watching this game me too Uh, if i had to pick one game during the playoffs to watch this is the one for me yeah so i'm very excited about this one Absolutely, man. Uh, it's going to be really fun to watch. We we had highlighted before we decided to do a full uh, weekly special or uh, a full playoff preview. Our weekly special was going to be how these young rookie quarterbacks hold up um, and how dominant is dominant. And we'll talk about those as each matchup unfolds. We talked about mm-hmm. Brock a little bit, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Herbert in their first playoff games, a second year, and I want to say it's Herbert a third year. Yes, third or fourth. Either way, very exciting to watch two potential like like top five to eight NFL quarterbacks go toe to toe in their first playoff games. I cannot wait. Yep. I've been I've circled this matchup on my calendar for the past three days, uh, and I am very eager to see what happens. I I think we both agree that. I don't want to spoil anything, but I think we both agree that Jacksonville is maybe being overlooked in this matchup by a lot of people. Um, yeah, I think they have a good – I feel the same way about the Jaguars as I felt about the Lions all season of, like, this is a team that's overperformed. How disrespected was Doug Peterson? Like, not having a crazy. job after, like – he's – I like, you see all the tweets about, like, his NFL – he's had nothing but success. He's basically, he like, playoff, playoff, Super Bowl. Super Bowl yeah. Like, and then no job. And then he yeah. just walks into Jacksonville, takes him to the playoffs his first year. Like, it's unbelievable. And he faced a lot of adversity. You know, it wasn't like Jacksonville steamrolled their way. You know, they they had to scrap no. and claw through a really slow start. And people were afraid that they were who we thought they were. And they're not. They're absolutely mm-hmm. a competent. And again, I, I, I'm going to bang this drum as much as I can because it's the people side of it. But culture matters. And Doug Peterson yeah. consistently proves that. Um, so that's kind of like the... Uh, the, the overarching themes of the game. Let's get into the nitty gritty. Tell me what you think about on the gridiron, these two teams going toe to toe. Tell me what you think. Yeah. I think the chargers have all of the talent in the world to win this game. Uh, I, I think the Jaguars have probably a less talented roster than the chargers just in terms of straight position to position. I really think this is going to come a lot down to quarterback play. Um, neither of these two are playoff experienced Herbert has had some up and downs this season. Uh, Lawrence has had some up and downs as great as the season has been. He's had some games where he just disappears, where he doesn't perform. So I think this one's going to be tight. Um, I'm keeping an eye on Mike Williams' health because I think as up and down as he is, I think he is a big contributor to that offense. Um, So him playing or not would have a lot of this to do with me. I'm really looking to Travis Etienne. I think the Chargers have had a big hole in their run defense all season. I think if Jacksonville can really get him going on the ground, in the air, however they do it, just establish that a little bit, it's going to take a lot of the weight off of Trevor Lawrence. I don't think they want to rely on uh, 
on Christian Kirk, on Zay Jones, on Evan Ingram to be airing it out too much. Um, so I, I think that's the key to the Jaguars here is get ETN running. I think the Chargers have a path to win this pretty easily, which is why they're the favorites. If their offense is rolling, if if Mike Will is out there, if Keenan Allen's catching those third down passes, if Eckler is moving the way he has been all season, they should be able to take this team. Jaguars do not have an insane defense, but they're I think they're very evenly matched up. I think whichever quarterback turns the ball over less, I think has a good chance of winning this game. It's so neck and neck that it's going to come over to just dumb mistakes, dumb turnovers, special yeah. teams plays. So I don't want to do any spoilers, but I actually do. I think we should integrate our bold roast predictions within the respective matchups. We actually both have Jacksonville giving the Chargers all they can handle. I'm going to say they cover the two and a half point spread. I don't know about you. I, if you feel like this, the moment is yours. If you feel like. Yeah, I, I the... my bold roast is that they win by a field goal. I think there you that. Go. I like Jacksonville in this game. I think I think the Chargers have a great roster, but they need to take some deep looks at their play calling, at their coaching, um, see how they're managing a game. And Wait I a think minute. is that an anti Staley take? I like Staley a lot, okay. but he's made some dumb decisions as well. Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm pro Staley enough because this is his second season and he's had mm-hmm. them in position to be in the playoffs both years. But we do need to see him turn a corner next year. We yeah. need to see Justin Herbert turn a corner next year. They, I think they're like on schedule, which is the only reason why I think he should, he deserves to continue to be their head coach. But they're only on schedule by the the letter of the law schedule. Like they're not ahead of schedule. That's for damn sure. No, because their team is their ta- their roster is so talented at every level that they very well should have been Super Bowl contenders. They're infringing on under underperforming if they do mm-hmm. this one more year. If they're one more year of squeaking in and then you know one and done or or not making it or whatever you want to say, I think it's time to move on from at least Staley. I think Herbert deserves as much of a chance in the world given the tools he has and given the what he's already proven. But we do need to see more. I think starting next season or hell it's not as now is as good a time as any for them to start showing us that they are who we think they are but right now they're only on schedule by the skin of their teeth so that'll be very interesting to see but i, I definitely could see jacksonville i'm gonna pick cover and you're gonna pick beat i love it i love the courage yeah i mean cover would just be within a point you know because yeah. it's two and a half point spread so you're you're or very two. well on there i think you could do it yeah yeah yeah, that's that's my call. I think I think it'll you know if it's if it's a, a super close game or, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just excited either way because we Me we too. love a good we love a good matchup of teams that are I don't know there's something exciting about both of these teams. Yeah, they both have bright futures ahead of them. The bright you, young quarterbacks. It's the, it's the airing attack. Yeah, that's the one thing I wanted to say. I I loved your analysis on it. I didn't really feel compelled to add much. Um, I don't think either of these defenses are equipped to slow down either of these offenses. Maybe the Chargers have the slight edge on defense, but what I'm very excited about is both passing attacks. And you, you mentioned, I think Etienne is going to be a key to the game. I couldn't agree more, but I do think Kirk Zay Jones and Evan Ingram are going to be what they were all year. They're going to be those reliable chain movers, those reliable yard gobblers, you know, I am very excited to see all of that. So that's the only place I think you kind of suggested that they wouldn't want the game to be in their hands. I think they probably wouldn't mind it too much. Hmm. I think it would be good playoff football. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Moving moving on to the next one uh, with your beloved Buffalo Bills. I think we could keep this one pretty short, to be honest with you, unfortunately, as much as I want to not. Uh, But the Bills-Dolphins spread is 13.5 points, Bills' favorites, and the over-under is a paltry 43.5 points. I want to be respectful of Miami, um, of Mike McDaniel, of -hmm. the fact that their uh, quarterback is not playing. Right. Um, I'm going to say this for my my fellow Bills fans out there. They'll, They'll get it. This is sort of a wink and a nod. Bills by a billion. Um, I think that's easy money. Um, I, I, yeah, if I was, this is the most disappointing game on the slate for me because I was, I was so excited to see the Miami crush the bills. The first time they came against each other, whoa, whoa, the whoa. Bills crush. 
Was that a joke? Or? <laughs> no, it was a great game. They shouldn't have won it. No. But they did. Right. And that, like, it was an upset, you know, like, to win that game was a, a, a crushing loss for the Bills. It I was think. crushing, but it wasn't. Yeah. They didn't crush yeah, them. They're not point-wise. <laughs> and then the Bills came the second game. It was a close win in the snow. Great game. Beautiful game. I really wanted to see a third, and I feel like it's just going to be a letdown. Like, the the Dolphins could eke out some good coaching and somehow keep it close. I don't think it happens. I I don't hate Skylar Thompson as a quarterback, yeah, actually. Sorry. Um, anybody that follows Matt Waltman on Twitter, he's a great, uh, like, a great talent scout. And he actually really likes Skylar Thompson as a quarterback, that he's, like, pretty undervalued. Uh, and I go. agree, he's good but i don't think they have a shot in this game which is so disappointing yeah so i'll i'll be honest with you um i think there's yeah i i wanted to be disrespectful and i wanted to say bills by a billion and they got their bye week oh just jokes like not real i'm not gonna say right. that okay because i'm i'm very much i believe I'm crazier things have happened in the playoffs Crazier <laughs> things. I'm, I'm superstitious i believe in in all that karma and all that fun stuff so i will say this genuinely um josh allen always performs well against miami I'm looking for that trend to continue. Right. Skylar Thompson is a fine prospect of a quarterback, but he's a third string quarterback for a reason. Definitely. And Buffalo does have a pretty great defense. Buffalo finished top five DVOA offense, defense, special teams, first team in years to accomplish that feat. So, and that's what without he, Von Miller as well, without Von Miller, without Micah Hyde for most of the season, banged up yep. on every side of the ball, as much adversity as you can imagine a team going through. I think it's pretty safe. I think you could pretty safely pick Buffalo to win and cover. Um, no matter how much that line moves, I could see it getting all the way up to 15, 16, and I would probably still take them to win and cover. But that being said, it's going to come down to, I think Miami's going to try to establish the run. Um, they, they, they had some good success against Buffalo running the ball in the second yeah, matchup. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. I think Buffalo's going to have to make sure their tackling is on point like it has been. In the final stretch of the season, they finally got their tackling woes um, under wraps. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, I just don't foresee Miami putting together enough to slow down or even keep up with Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, Motor, Baby Cook. And yeah, with respect to the more exciting matchups, I'm comfortable uh, putting putting a pin in this one if you are. Yeah, I am. Let's go ahead and move yeah, on. Let's, yeah, let's keep moving. So next up, which I believe is a Sunday game as well, is the Giants and Vikings NFC matchup. Uh, the Vikings are three-point favorites with a 48-point over-under. Uh, I think it should be a great game. Um, I do love the Vikings, and I think there is a lot of claim to them being a poor, a, a poor team with the record that they have. Uh, I think... A, I think winning one point games is absolutely necessary and phenomenal. And I think that's kind of a overrated like stat to flaw a team based on like, Oh, they only win one point games. Like that's great. Like I want to win one point games. I do think the Vikings can beat the giants. They came off of a really, really, really close win during the regular season against them. I think they can put up more. Um, I think Brian Dable has a great, spot for coach of the year with the giants the way he was able to research them i think daniel jones has had a stellar statistical season um but they don't have i think the tools to beat the vikings the way that they should which is through the air the vikings secondary in defense is close to horrendous um and i think the vikings offense is a really good offense so i think the vikings can could have put up enough points to kind of outgun the giants they have a good defense dvoa wise um, but I don't think enough to determine the, the game. I think if the Vikings pass rush can get a little bit rolling um, and their offense clicks okay, I think they have enough to beat the Giants in this game, though I do think they could keep it close. I absolutely love the analysis. Um, I'm going to say that I think this is probably my second most anticipated game on the schedule, mm -hmm. given how entertaining these two teams have been all year. Every game for both of these teams seems to be like one of those crazy, stressful, down to the wire, crazy things happening, up, down, all around roller coaster sort of games. So that's exciting for mm -hmm. um, fans of football just to have right. such entertaining teams clashing. Um, the doofiest quarterback matchup 
of all time, possibly. Um, we yeah, have, well, we're we just have, lucky it's not the primetime game. I don't want to <laughs> see primetime Kirk anywhere near you're the right. playoffs. <laughs> you're Thank right. You. We have we have Dad Doof, we have Father Doof, and Child Doof, with Eli being Grandfather Doof. Um, oh, it's going to be very exciting to see these two. I mean, I, I'm making fun of them, but Kirk's been lights out all season pretty much, and Dimes is randomly sort of poised and sort of equipped to deal with pressure and getting out of the yeah. pocket and I think Dable has happened with his feet. I, I think it's 50% Dable, 50% Jones. He's shown progression this year, but like that offense is cookie cutter, like r- play action, roll off the side, five yard dump pass. Like we eat our way down the fields unless Saquon rips off 80 yards. Like they they're not pulling any like deep shots. He's not coming back to win games from anybody. Like he's he's been much better this year than he has been before. But I don't think it's all due to Jones's progression. Oh yeah, I could not agree more. Yeah. It's 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 gonna come down to I think those young but talented wide receivers on the um Giants. I, I think it's about time we showed some damn respect for Richie James, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins. They Week in and week out, despite the fact that they're basically a practice squad, uh, with respect, they week in and week out produce. They're getting first downs. They're getting touchdowns. I have a lot of respect for what they've been able to do. And the Vikings secondary has been one of the leakiest in the NFL. So that's a matchup I'm looking forward to is those those young, talented, albeit potentially still possibly future practice squad players, I think seeing what they can put together against uh, leaky Vikings secondary, and yeah, I think the I think the Vikings will be able to take advantage of the Giants defense um, a lot. But it's going to depend on how uh, how many chains Kirko puts on, because if he can if he can get the full complement of chains that we've seen, like on the plane, like 10, 15 chains, I think that Vikings are winning by two scores. But I I'm pr- I'm predicting a close game. I think Vikings win, and I think Vikings cover. I'm with you there. I think it'll be close. The cover could be tough for me. It could be a one-point game, but I I do think the Vikings can win this game, and I would like to see them do that to have a more fun matchup next week in the playoffs as well. I agree. Uh, To to put a pin in this one, I'm going to add a storyline that I I don't think a lot of people will keep an eye on or know too much about, Um, but the Vikings cornerback, Duke Shelley, probably never heard of him before in your life. He's 5'8". 183 pounds small cornerback picked up off the practice squad since he played in the bills game he was a stand-in for that um he ended the year with a passer rating against a 55.2 which is horrendous and he is so fun to watch he's tiny he's been locking down wide receivers not to say that he's had like a hard time or anything but just after like years of no cornerbacks, Cam Dantzler has been kind of consistent, whatever. Um, I, I just think he's a fun player to watch. So if you're watching this totally. game, keep an eye out for Duke Shelley. I think he'll be a long-term solution at the cornerback position for the Vikings and just a good storyline. Yeah. So we're looking for a tiny man on defense guarding. <laughs> a tiny man on defense guarding. I, I bet you he will be up against either Diggs half the time or um against when you say digs i'm sorry why did i say digs i'm not from because he was he was up against digs for a good portion of that bills game um but he'll he'll be guarding one of the giants paltry receivers that probably richie james or or i can't imagine because hodgins is a big boy i can't imagine they would they would put him on hodgins let me tell you right now they don't care okay he does not no he's they do not care what number does he wear you know, that's a great question. He's number listeners. 20. Number okay, 20. Number 20. So I'll, be, number 20. I'll, be, I'll be keeping my eyes out on that for you. That's That sounds like a fun little storyline to track. Yeah, a little side plot. Well, let's let's, let's move on. Yeah. Um, okay, so one of the primetime games, we're moving on to the ravens Bengals game. Uh, a nine-and-a-half-point spread, much like the Seahawks 49ers with the Bengals as heavy favorites, and the lowest over-under of the week, which I think deservingly so, of a yeah. 40.5. Uh, we're in disagreement on this game. I'll go ahead and shoot that off the bat because i know you're going to get into it um i don't agree with your take on this game so i'll go ahead and let you let you start it off i'll just say you know uh 
that was a very umbrella statement that you made there, Zach. I, I'm picking the Bengals to win the game. Okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. But I no crazy upsets. I right. Not not a chance. Not with a third string quarterback. I, I am disappointed that we're not going to see Lamar Jackson versus Joe Burrow. As um, am I. Kind of like one of the biggest playoff letdowns. Uh, uh up there with Tua and Josh. Tua. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's it's a similar similar feeling. Um, especially because these two AFC heavyweights, the Bills and Bengals, we want to see them do what they do, which is put on their superhero capes and and you oh, know, you do, will. Yeah, you they might will. Just have to wait a week. For the, I was going to say, and and they will in the first half of this game, and then maybe who knows? I mean, I think I think we'll see. I think uh, for the sake of because we one of the questions that we're looking at is just how dominant is dominant this weekend. I think we'll see. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. <laughs> I think we'll see at least eight quarters combined of Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. I I don't think we're going to get anybody benched this week. We'll see. Last maybe year, maybe some late fourth quarter stuff. We had Trubisky in the in the wild card last year because of how yep. big the lead was, but we'll see for this year. But um. So that's maybe not so bold of a prediction. Maybe that's a safe prediction, but we'll see. I just think we'll we'll be reminded by the Ravens' defense and rushing attack why they were early admission to the playoffs. Um, yeah, I don't I, think I, this is going to be a steamrolling the way that the the, the media is predicting. Um, people forget the Bengals won. They beat the Patriots by four points when they were up three scores in the first half. The Patriots, mm-hmm. who were just pretty much for all intents and purposes, blown out by the Bills. And the Bengals also had kind of a quiet Week 18 win against the same Ravens team. I just don't see it being the the mollywhopping that I think most people foresee. I, I, I'm predicting a, a one-score game. I'm predicting uh, the Ravens either making it close late or, or I don't foresee the Bengals needing any sort of late-game heroics at least. But I, I don't, I'm not predicting a, a blowout here. I love the Ravens defense. I think they might be my favorite defense in the NFL. Um, trading for Roquan, fantastic. Making him the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. In NFL history, maybe a little less fantastic. Um, <laughs> but got, that's not for me to say. They got yeah. out ahead of the linebacker market. Cool. I, I have a little bit of respect for it. I like Patrick Queen, David Ojabo, um, Justin Houston there. Been so fun to watch. Um, I love the defense. Great defense, great secondary. I don't think that they can – I don't even think they're going to hold a flame to the Bengals this week, to be honest with you. Um, I I think we're going to see prime playoff Bengals this week. I think their offense is rolling. I think their defense is better than the Super Bowl team they had last year. I think, yes, they kind of eked out a win against the Ravens early season. I don't think we see that team. I think we see – ready to roll Bengals. I think their offense is rolling early. I don't think the Ravens can score enough to keep up with it. And I think, I think the Bengals were kind of done after halftime regular season and just coasted the rest of that game. Yeah. And I think we see, I think we see something similar here where I think the Bengals can handle it. Very I'm easily. excited to see, because if you're right and they consciously took the foot off the gas in those last two games, then, you know, so be it. But we saw some human performances to say the least, in those last couple games of the season, I think uh, the big the big letdown is that we didn't get Bills Bengals in the regular season because that would have been a, a I think an apt measuring stick for how they're going to show up in the playoffs, and we might get that rematch. I, I think it's look, seeming likely that we'll we'll get that rematch next week um, if our predictions go according. Um, that will be the the again the game of the year just a couple of weeks later. <laughs> You yeah. know, the same same intrigue. We, we flipped the houses there. It's going to be in Buffalo's house this time if it happens. Um, but I think most of the NFL world is uh, awaiting that, hopefully that matchup with bated breath. But I don't think it's going to look as, as pretty as you do. I think it'll happen, but I don't think it's going to look as pretty as you think it's going to look. All right. Well, last game of the slate, which is a Monday game, which I don't personally love. I wish they would just keep playoffs yeah. Sunday, Saturday. Like, this fine. I'm fine with um, it because I like to have an extra day to watch football. But for as sure. far as players losing a day of rest, I mean, I guess they're right. getting it on the one end, but then they're losing it on the other end. And then who knows sure. if, if teams are showing up. Last year, the Cardinals didn't even show up for this game. And I want to say, I don't remember the year prior, but I that, that game, the stench of that game hasn't been washed off the NFL's body yet. So they need a good game this year. And they have a pretty good matchup. Right. This was projected to be close. Uh, the Cowboys versus the Buccaneers. Uh, Cowboys are two and a half point favorites. The over under is 45 and a half points, which is decent. 
Um, and you know, I I do think it could be a good game. These these teams both have question marks. I mean, Dallas in Week 18 was shut down. Bismol. Um, it was rough. You got to wonder how much they were really playing for that game. But it was in division. Like I, they should have been playing. I think it. There were question marks to Dallas's consistency. Um, their defense has fallen off a little bit throughout the year as well. Yeah. They're not the dominant team they were before this season. Um, so I'm just, I am interested to see how it goes. I think Dallas should win this game. Um, I think they will. That was my other bold prediction is that he beat the Buccaneers by a touchdown. And I, I think it's perfectly possible. Um, but I have my qualms. You know, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady's Tom Brady. You could see him come to life in the playoffs. Um, he's obviously the GOAT. But they've had a lot of struggles on offense. And if it goes to a shootout, I do have questions whether or not Tampa Bay can keep up with two great defenses. I think a 45 and a half point over and under for this game is a little high. I think it's going to stay a little lower than that. What, do you, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this game? I could definitely see this being one of those games that is way under the over under. Um, I like that call. Um, I think that we're going to see Dallas be tested in the first round, which is exciting for football fans, because that's one of the storylines that we pretty much track every season. I'm sorry. It's low hanging fruit, but Dallas, they have be, have developed the moniker of being choke artists. And I, I don't want to perpetuate that because every year is a new year. I'm not the biggest believer in Mike McCarthy. I'm not the biggest believer in Dak Prescott. I'm not anti Dak, but I'm not as pro Dak as a lot of people seem to be. Um, I think this game is closer than people think it's going to be. Again, I'm, I'm leaning, picking Dallas to win. Um, the thing is, I think if you get, if you catch Trayvon being a little aggressive, I think that there's some opportunities over the top. If yep. Trayvon's crashing the way he does, and if he's, if he's going for those picks, there's a lot of players on Tampa Bay that can, that can smoke you, especially Mike Evans. We saw it last week. Right. Mike Evans is still Mike Evans. We learned somehow I, he he wasn't for eighty percent of the season, or maybe more like sixty percent of the season. But he he is all the way the person we always thought he was, and he proved that last week. So I think look for some guys to get behind some some players in the secondary. Um, it's just that their offense has been quite boring to watch this year, and Dallas does play fundamentally sound enough that I think they can keep everything in front of them so long as. They don't get caught looking in the backfield or being aggressive. Sure. It's Dallas is to lose, I think. And I think they won't. I don't think they'll lose this game. I think it's going to be a, a Dallas a Dallas win. And what's the what's the updated line? Uh, two and a half points. Oh. Um, so within a field so, goal. I think they'll win in cover. I It feels like a millennia ago at this point. But we these teams played week one. And Tampa Bay won 19-3. Which it feels so long ago and it was before we saw all the flaws in tampa bay yeah but i'm about the under on this game i think it's yeah. going to be thunder uh and as, as much as we're like okay dak brady every i think this game comes down to rushing because n- neither of these teams should want to take the ball off the ground this game cowboys have a fantastic duo i don't think zeke is washed i think pollard is great yeah i think they're going to rely on playoff lenny um yeah. I'm not a huge Rashad White fan, but I think he's very serviceable. Yeah. So I think I'm this a big game fan has... for the record. This is not an anti Rashad White podcast. Just one just person. a guy. He's just <laughs> a guy. You know they ended um, in in terms of DVOA metrics. They finished within one spot of each other in efficiency between Rod Wright, Rashad White and Leonard Fournette. That doesn't surprise me. I, I was never anti Fournette. That was the thing. It's like I, sure. I, I think it's a great one-two punch, and I think. It was kind of weird how Tampa made it seem like they could only feature one at a time. Right. These last couple of weeks where they were using both, I was like, there we go. See, and I think that's opened up things for their offense. So that, that makes me happy to see. That's that's exciting to watch. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Brady climb into next week. Um, but I also don't mind seeing the Cowboys climb into next week. They have some exciting games too. I like a lot of the players. So I'm, I'm pretty neutral on who I think I want to win this game. But I do think the Cowboys can take it. I love it. I love it. And I'll just say this for the people who have been following my work or, or in touch with what I've been saying about uh, playoff brackets for years. As long as Brady's on the other side of the bracket of Buffalo, I want him to keep winning because my dream is to be Brady in a Super Bowl. I'm going to say that as, as a fan. 
that's my year. oh i don't see it happening i don't see brady getting there um but that's my dream so as long as that dream's alive i'm gonna root for him so we are running a little long just because we dove into these playoff matchups i'm glad but, we did yo me too i think it's fantastic Very i love fun. i love playoff football me too it's my favorite but we do have one more segment we're gonna Let's blow it. through it pretty quickly um but we are both heavy betters we love our fantasy football love it. so we got to get our props in here a uh, little prop you up segment so let's we'll go skim a little faster than we normally do on here sure. um i'm gonna start off because again Please i do. beat you in props last you week you freaking beat me again dude yeah a little oh, four yeah. for five last week felt really great the aaron jones line hurt Tough. that he hit Tough. his under on the rushing yards yeah um but yeah i went a little four for five last week so i'll just run through these pretty quick um i'm taking over on george kittle's yards at 44 and a half Seattle is abysmal against the tight ends. They've done nothing to change that. And I think George Kittle has been rolling the last couple of weeks. Um, so I think he can hit that line. Uh, I'm taking Travis Etienne over 15 and a half receiving yards. Chargers defense doesn't scare me. Uh, Etienne is a great pass catcher. He could hit that in one or two plays. And I think they rely on him a lot this game. Joe Burrow under 268 and a half passing yards. No knock on Joe Burrow. I think the Bengals can roll but I think it's just going to be a lot like the regular season game where he just doesn't have to throw the ball. Um, he hasn't been hitting that line very much near the end of the season, actually. They've been controlling the game through the ground a lot of the time, and I think they could do it again. Um, this one was a little hotter for me. Uh, Daniel Jones under 241.5 passing yards. Last time they came up against Minnesota, he was over 300 yards passing, um, but that game went well into overtime. A lot of those yards came into that, and it was a really close game. I don't think he hits it again this week. I think if the Giants are going to win, it's going to be a lot on the ground controlling that game. So I think that'll be the plan, hence the under. And then last one, Hawkinson over four and a half receptions. He's been a focus point of the Minnesota offense near the end of the year. He had a fantastic game against the Giants the last time they came up. Um, not to say he blows up for two touchdowns again, but five receptions in a playoff game where I think they're just going to try and control it feels good to me. So those are my five props for the playoff week. What do you got, Kev? I love your playoff props, my friend. I think you're, I think you're looking dangerous for a, uh, for a five for five. Um, I went two for five last week. <clears throat> Stidham mania was a, was a huge letdown. That was my yeah. goodness. Him against Kansas city was, ooh, that was an ugly one. Um, but you know it was fine. That's a, there's a lot to talk about there. He we was close. Talk, in, yeah, in he reality, had his yeah. moments, but yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna breeze through these as well. Um, Brandon Ayuk over three and a half receptions kind of feels a little low for somebody who's been arguably the most featured wide receiver on that team, and would be surprised if Ayuk didn't finish fantasy wise ahead of Debo this year. That was that was a prop that I wanted to take as well. As soon as you were filling out yours, I was like, ah, oh, perfect. Someone else, he's going to take that instead. I love it. I think that's a great line. Three and a half is low. And I think we're going to see a lot of slants, a lot of quick passing uh, just to keep Brock Purdy comfortable in his first playoff game. Look for some layups, look for some, you know, throws within five, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Keenan Allen over six and a half receptions. This man is a reception machine. He has been his whole career. And uh, when doing the, when looking at the numbers, he very rarely has under six receptions. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at Keenan Allen in a game that has shootout potential to catch over six and a half passes. Um, Baby Cook, James Cook of the Buffalo Bills, over 33 and a half rushing yards. This game has the potential to turn into a, a blowout quickly. And if Baby Cook is toting the rock seven, eight times, which is even then, it's a little modest. I don't see a way he doesn't get 34 uh, rushing yards given his yards per carry. It's like close to six yards. He's been this back half of the season, Zach. That's something we need to talk about on a future podcast, maybe a dynasty episode. I cannot get enough baby cook in my life. And I think 33 and a half is modest enough that he'll, he'll smash that. Um, we will be bringing this up in a dynasty episode because I don't think he stays as the lead back next year. That's fair. I, he's not the lead back right now. And he's still doing it. So, yeah, we can talk about it. But I, I, I like seeing what I'm seeing from Baby Cook. Um, definitely excited to talk about what your thoughts are on the Bills' backfield next year. Um, I'm taking – you know, I, I gave a, a vote of confidence to the Giants' uh, pass catchers in our uh, preview. I'm taking Richie James on the over for 47 and a half 
yards um, receiving. I think that's pretty locked against uh, the Vikings. I would say average secondary, average, uh, unless he gets Duke below Shelley. average. No, I think we could go below average. I he love Duke Shelley. Below, They're well below average. I think 47 and a half. Again, it's a modest enough line. And then I have a I have a little twofer on my last one. Um, you could call it a hedge. I'll take whatever my best five are. Okay, if I fail to, so be it. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa I'm whoa. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I I, I had I wrote oops all overs because my fifth line was going to be a, an over as well. But I I'm going to sneak in an under last minute because Zach's philosophy has um, infiltrated my veins, and I'm going to say 61 and a half under receiving yards for T Higgins. Um, I think that's pretty safe um i just don't see a world where the Bengals need to be throwing it that much unless um the ravens are able to take the lead which i just again if the ravens cover which i think they will it's going to be a backdoor cover i don't see it being a game where they're overly Back competitive forth, or yeah. over right i don't see it being the shootout sort of game so i don't see t higgins you know he he had seven receiving yards last week um i think this is going to be more of a chase game i think this is going to be more of a hearst game um if you want some sneaky lines, those will be my official five. I'll, I'll submit that. I'll take the I, – I have the over on Dak one and a half touchdowns because that just feels – two touchdowns for a quarterback as prominent as Dak feels good. And then there was a, a, there was two lines that were some of those hilarious, ridiculously low lines that you and me differ on. There was a, a line for a half receiving yard for Raymond McLeod. That's one screen. That's one, you know, play that where he, he gets a yard. That feels pretty good. And then it was five and a half for Trent Irwin. Those are both lines of lesser known, lesser utilized players. Yeah. And I think the overs will both hit. And then I'm taking under on use check six and a half receiving yards. Those are just my, you you love to bet on use check. Use check is my guy. I I used to love the over, but the Brock doesn't use them the way that uh, Jimmy did. So, yeah, I'm interested to see these pan out. Um, I either Brandon, Ayuk and your Keenan Allen were the other two I considered. And then I also looked at, at James Cook's lines as well. So I'm I'm in on those three, the Richie James, give or take, but this will be a fun one to play out. I'm looking forward yeah. to some playoff football. We'll Me have too. to catch some of these games together. Hell and yeah. then we'll be regrouping before next week on another episode of the Coffee Shop Football Podcast. Absolutely. We got a lot of cool stuff in the works for you guys, uh, our, our devoted listeners. Um, <laughs> we're, we're working on some cool stuff. It's going to be a really fun off season and a really cool next year. So Stay stay dialed in if you're dialed in and uh let's go let's go football. Let's go playoffs. Appreciate you, Love brother. You guys, thanks for the listen and we will Almost see you next love. week. Peace.